0: Welcome to
1: Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest game. In episode 22, the Punchboarders talk about what happened during Christmas, head over to Clefs for a Kickstarter corner, and then review the new hotness in Taya Towakan. Hi everybody,
2: I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad,
0: and I'm Richie. So, Richie, you're back from the the Great White North, or where, where did you go? <laughs> the Great the <laughs> White North. I don't know. Didn't you go up north a little ways? Uh, a little ways, up to uh, Ohio. Okay, never mind. was <laughs> more straight over. Okay, east, a little east. I went east, the Great, great East, Great East. But you <laughs> white I drove over? with two young kiddos. Yep, well, one and a three-year-old. And uh, luckily, Isla just fell asleep for most of the trip. And we broke it up into two days, both going and coming back. And then uh, luckily, the car that we rented, because our car is terrible, it would never make that trip. <laughs> but it had a uh, DVD uh, player in there and a screen on the back. So Knox, so we just plugged them in. We're terrible parents. We just plugged them in for the whole trip. <laughs> and we were fine. Yeah, that's kind of the way to do it, though. I mean, I remember my dad took,
2: took us out to New York, one time with the car and that was in the days of tape recorders and i had a tape recorder that i don't know why they didn't get me headphones but <laughs> i remember i played c is for cookie over and over until my dad said during rush hour traffic in new york hey uh can i see that and i said yeah sure and i gave it to him and he just unraveled that so, so the DVD player is probably the better way to yes. go. And we got him headphones, so we
0: didn't hear anything. There you go. That's a great story. Yeah. Well, did you get any games in while you were while you were there with the family? Yeah, we played a lot of games. A lot of light games, and I always make this mistake. I packed way too many games. I yep. took about yep. 25. I even went out and I bought a quiver. <laughs> and I took 13 card games with me, and then I had a bunch of other big box games. We played three of those games. And that's it. And most of them were, we played uh, 21, which is a a rolling right, New York Slice, and then Mama Mia. Okay. From uh, Uwe. Yeah. And mainly we just played 21 because once they played 21, that's all they wanted to play. Yeah. <laughs> they don't <laughs> want to learn anything new. No. No. <laughs> I get that.
1: What's, what's 21? I'm not familiar with that rolling, right?
0: Uh, you have six colored dice and you roll the dice. Everyone can take from those dice, but whoever rolled them has a chance to re-roll the dice. The only thing they can't re-roll are the ones. And then there are five rows on your sheet with, I think, six dice going across them. And everyone has a different sheet. And then each uh, die space that's in there has a number and a color. You can write equal to the number or lower. So, like, let's say you take the three blue. If you write in three exactly, you get that many points, plus you'll get a bonus since you hit a, had a direct hit. But you can fill in as many dice as you can on a turn. So it's kind of like a little bit of a race because one strategy, and my dad did this strategy every game he played, <laughs> he just rushed. And he tried to get down to the last row because once someone fills in the last spot on the last row, the game is over and everyone just scores wherever they're at. Hmm. So it's super quick, super simple, super easy to teach, and they loved it. And they, they love rolling and rights and card games. So, I mean, that's why I brought all those card games, even though I didn't get to play them.
2: Well, I, I kind of want to hear about, did you say Mamma Mia, which I don't know about? Mamma Mia is an Uva Rosenberg game?
0: Yeah, before, you know, he lost his mind and started designing, you know, Feast for Odin and all those things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's a super simple kind of almost hand management and memory game. So you're making pizzas is the theme. So you have order cards. Everyone has a deck of order cards that are exact same orders, but they're in your player color. And then you have these ingredient cards which have like pepperoni, olive, pineapple, different ingredients on there. So on your turn, and you start the game with, I think, eight cards total. One, one of them is an order. The rest of them are ingredient cards. And you can play as many Or you can play one ingredient, one type of ingredient, but you can play as many of those as you want. So let's say I play three pepperoni. I put those down face up in a discard pile, a communal discard pile. And then I can also play an order on top of that. And so we keep doing this until we go through the entire ingredient deck. Then you take that discard pile, you turn it over, and you start revealing... The ingredients out of there and then every time you hit an order you'll look at the available ingredients and if you can complete that order so let's say it's a a pizza that requires three pepperoni and an olive if those ingredients are available or if you can make it up out of your hand of ingredients that you still have left over then that counts as a point point. and then at the end of the game you do you run through that deck you run through the deck three times and at the end uh, whoever has completed the most orders wins basically mm-hmm. interesting. so yeah it's it's a super simple super light game but it's interesting when you play with more people.
1: I'm also noticing a theme there. Pizza from New York Slice. This is a pizza game.
2: That pretty much wraps up Richie's dad, the food guy. Yeah. There, there you well, go. I, I mean, you I'll tell out. you what though. If I got if I get a whole bunch of pineapple cards, I'd be giving those up. I would just. Oh, I don't want, pineapple I, does I, don't do not pineapple belong on, on a pizza. I no.
1: Agree. Yeah,
0: meat and uh, fruit, no good. No yeah. good together.
2: Well, Stephanie, actually, we get we get Hanukkah presents from her uncle. And he sent us our Lou Malnani's pizza wrapped in dry ice from Chicago. We got three of those suckers. Oh, it's so good and nice it, it, the best part too is I mean it's not it's not great. I'm trying to be sensitive, but she uh, has recently discovered she's lactose intolerant, so it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Finn and I are sitting there stuffing just our faces like, oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, oh, we can't so, share this with you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then it's then for dessert, he gave us a big cheesecake sampler too. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, yeah.
1: But Some things you just got to suffer through. Them. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. agree, right? Yeah, that's that's for sure. So what did you going to play over this Christmas time, Chad?
2: Well, I played a lot of lighter games with my family too. We, I just recently got the new Camel Up production Ooh, from uh, Plan B Hello. and Egertspiel games. And it it's it's really nice. The camels are big, chunky pieces of plastic, and there's a pop-up board. I mean, there's this huge pop-up palm tree in the center of the board. Oh, nice. looks really great. The pyramid's kind of fixed because it's more durable,
0: so it's not not going to break as easy. Yeah, I'm, I was actually hoping that they would sell that separately because <laughs> I had the original <laughs> and it, things falling apart already. Uh, yeah. yeah, everybody
2: It looks like it's had that problem. But they even included the... I think this is in one of the expansions, the crazy camels that go backwards. So yeah. there are other camels that can carry <laughs> carry ah, the racers yeah. backwards, which is kind of fun. It it it's you know it's a great game, and of course the kids like it too because everybody has a little bit more of an equal shot, and it's cool too because it teaches them a little bit about probabilities and stuff. So yeah, we've, a little bit about gambling. Yeah, that yeah, that that's, awesome. right, <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's cool. With that and some you know perennial favorites like Times Up and and Skull King. A Skull King has gone over really well with just about everybody that I've taught it to, and because uh, because my uh, my sister's boyfriend he wanted to play he what did he teach me rummy and. I had played Rummy but, but I haven't played it in many many years and so then I was like oh let's let's try this too and he was all in on it and he, he played it very well so.
0: Nice. Did you try to intimidate people by pounding early?
2: <laughs> no. But, <laughs> but
1: everybody I teach I tell them that. <laughs> this is a Richie intimidation thing. Uh, I'll agree because I mean I can't remember this was maybe a month ago that Richie had taught us or told us about School King and we first got to play it
2: uh, thanks to uh, Grandpa Beck's games.
1: Yeah they, they sent us that copy and we kind of got a re- renewal of it for the first time I got to play it and oh, everybody I've taught it to loves it. I mean, it is a big hit. Uh, my, my oldest son, he, we were playing the other day and you know, I have 10 rounds where you can bet, you know, do your bids eight out of the 10 rounds. He bet zero and only missed it one time.
0: When, did, what round was it that he, he missed it? He
1: missed it in the eighth round. He Oof. hit the ninth <laughs> round and the 10th round. He both hit both of those oh, with wow. zero and both of, in the 10th round. He was first to go, which is always even tougher. And he had a mermaid and a pirate in his hand, and he played it so well that he never won a single trick out of those two rounds. Nice.
2: Wow, that's yeah. impressive. We <laughs> should tell people the interesting thing about Skull King is if you bid to t- you bid to take tricks in this game, and when you bid to take tricks, if you bid to take zero tricks, you're gonna take that get that many points times the round that the that you're in, and there are ten rounds. So if he bid on the eighth round, he could have. Uh, if he bid zero, he could have gotten eighty points for not taking any tricks. But he also, since he didn't make it, he lost eighty points. But then, if you add up, you know, ten times ten for the the last round, a hundred points right there. Yeah, that's I, that's very hard to do. That's yeah. awesome.
1: He literally that was his only round. He had negative points in. So he, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's just everybody. Everybody I've taught that game to uh, just really enjoys it. It's it's a solid game. So definitely, if you like trick taking games. It's a good one to to check out for sure.
2: And the whole family can get in on
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to mention, since we're talking about Skull Kings, I'll talk a little bit about Skull. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was at that was at Jordan's birthday yeah, party. Yeah, Jordan Hopper, a local listener here, he had a birthday party. Uh Richie unfortunately didn't get to make it to that one. He was okay. he was in the Great White North or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love Skull though. That's a family favorite.
1: Yeah. I'd never played that before. And I can't they I think they'd played a game or something by the time I'd come over or had you I think we came from another game or something and they were like, oh, bid, bid,
2: bid. What is this game? And Chad, do you remember kind of the rules overview of it? You have four cards which are in the form of beer coasters, basically. And they've got three, three of them have flowers on them and one of them has a skull on them. At the beginning of every round, you're going to put down one of those cards face down on your pad. It could be a flower or it could be a skull. And then when it's your turn, you have the option to bid, which I'll talk about in a second, or put down a second card on top of the card that you've already put down. When you bid, you're bidding how many of the cards you can flip over around the table and not hit a skull. There's a certain amount of of gambling there, of of bluffing and stuff, because you have to flip over your own first. So if you put a skull down... you probably don't want to really bid, but sometimes you might bid a small number to get everybody else going up around the right. table because they can all increase the bid as it goes around or they can pass. And then finally when it gets back to the person who bid, then they actually have to do it. And if they turn it over and they get to they they get their bid, then they turn over their their little card on the table, their other coaster card. And if they've done it twice, they win the game. Right. But if they if they lose and they turn over a skull then they have to give up randomly one of their four cards
1: right now this is a fairly light game but we had six was it six of us and you're talking some pretty heavy gamers and it probably was the hit of Jordan Hopper's birthday day I mean we (laughs) were hooping and all but I think the biggest thing was and we all agreed this is a great game if it comes with an Alex
2: yes (laughs) you have to have Alex Wolf with the game
1: (laughs) Alex Wolf was there and boy was he just had a great time with this game, and <laughs> we were all yelling bid and you know, like our top of our lungs. It was it was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it good time. It was a very fun
2: raucous game. <laughs> yeah,
1: <I> mean, really. <laughs> and they made a great suggestion, which is something we're going to come here soon with uh, for a draft: is games you yell the most in. Oh, okay. So I thought that is you know like Campbell up and you know so there's some different Pit. games and yeah certainly. Well, let's
2: talk good games, not... not... <laughs> all right, I'm well, kidding for all those pit lovers. All right. <laughs> but we got I, That was actually a fun day, Richie. I'm sorry you missed it. One of one yeah, of no. the other games we played was Kalamala. Kalamala is from, well, in, in U.S. distribution, it's from Stronghold Games. It's designed by Fabio Lopiano, who has the Ragusa Kickstarter uh, that is coming out, I think, from uh, Capstone. This is one of those games where when you go to a spot, and I, I won't get really into it, but when you go to a spot, you put an action disc down on that spot to take the actions that surround that disc, basically. But then you can get more powerful actions and get to take that action when other people go there and stack on top of your disc. The player interaction in that game was really interesting. I, I was really, I was really, uh, Surprise, because I had never played it and that might have actually to be honest with you i only had the one play but that might make my top 10 list of last year had Turn I off. played it and we we only got to play it specifically because clef got to got it from his secret santa when we had the party at Michelle's.
0: Oh yeah, he made out pretty well with his secret santa cuz he also got Rococo, right?
2: Yeah, I, I that was an amazing.
1: I I I mean, calling Mala was amazing, but then I also got Rococo from my secret santa which is a Oh, a game that I have been dying to have. I pretty much try to steal it from Chad every time I go over to his house. and <laughs> uh, So I am very happy. I've actually played it twice already. Just This is Rococo, and I played Kali like three times. So,
2: I mean, those were some great, great gifts. And Richie, I want to tell you, I had Clef uh, while, while you are away, I think, or a, a couple of weeks ago. I had Clef over to my place, and we played a game, and he's standing kind of in my living room looking around. He goes, Yeah. Yeah, I, I pretty much think that uh, there are no more games of yours that I want anymore. <laughs> I just sort of like
0: gloating, like oh,
2: now that I got Rococo, I'm pretty much, uh, pretty much don't need any ear games.
0: But you have the jewelry expansion, don't you? Yeah, yeah, so he does have, have that. Thanks, 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 yeah. thanks for yeah. And it make you feel even better. I sold my copy of Rococo with the jewelry expansion, and I really, I, did, I thought you owned it. Yeah. that's why I, I would have offered it to you but i thought you owned it oh no
1: i and i i don't know why i i just i really find that game to be a really fun solid game and
2: i i, I kind of like the fact i'm making dresses so yeah it is a, a good game there's some area <laughs> control in there you've got yep. your your hand management with uh trying to make those those better actions with the dresses the dressmakers yeah, dress yeah solid, it's a solid game.
0: solid game the only reason i sold it was because i knew chad had it and jessica's not a huge fan of it um but i think plan b has the rights to that now so ooh, yeah ooh. That hopefully a, they do was something that with Spiel? it ooh. yeah it was Eggerspiel. Oh, yeah that, that ooh, would make it theirs that would be nice i i would i would love to see it and
2: you know i know that they're doing that preda porter not, not Eggerspiel, but I think Portal might be, or it yeah. was originally Portal, yeah. and they're doing it with a video game designer. I don't think you need to to do a different theme with it. I mean, no, that's, I can it's, make it's some fun dresses. and different. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, I mean, you're making suit coats and doublets as well, so... I, right. All right.
0: Although video game design, that is different too, so I mean, I wouldn't mind that either. True. So the Christmas party that we're kind of, where I got my Secret Santa gifts from,
1: uh, that was at a uh, local listener, Michelle, and she had a uh, get-together that night. Which was uh, pretty, uh, pretty cool. I actually uh, you guys didn't get to make it to that. I think you guys were. I don't know. I'm just going to keep going to the great white north. Both of you at that time. (laughs) Um, And it was a bad snowstorm, wasn't it? It was kind of a, a crummy night. That's for sure. And it was pretty cold out. I got to play with a lot of our local listeners uh, that I don't usually get to play with. I got to play with Antigone. I got to play with uh, Richard Wilson. Um, I got to play with Joe, uh, the great, you know, the great North Remembers. Is that what he, no, he's just called the North Remembers. I'm into the great white North right now (laughs) is all that's on my mind. And then for the first time ever, I got to play with Gabby. So I was pretty excited about that. We ended up getting to play a game of Teotihuacan which was pretty cool, uh, which is obviously, nice. we're going to have a little bit more here on the review here in a little bit. So, but that was uh, really fun. And then we ended up later that night, got to play a game of Macau uh, from good old Stefanfeld, Feld. And I didn't like it. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't like it. And I'll, I'll say right off the bat, I mean, the game was fine. It wasn't like it was a bad game in any sense of the imagination, but I just like a little bit more manipulation with my games where I feel like I have a little bit more control. And uh, the, Basically, the mechanism of this game is at the beginning of a game, you roll dice and whatever the dice come up, you can choose that color, and They all have different colors. And when you choose the die, you then put that many colored cubes in like a rondelle circle on your wheel. And then you kind of wait until you get that wheel moves around. Let's say you put it in the three and you put three cubes there. In three turns, then that will be like your active pool. Well, you have no manipulation on how to, you know, like, oh, okay, I really need to play, to do these cards, you need a different cubes on some of them. And it was like, it was just really hard and I don't want to talk tons about it, but I was surprised. I was, I didn't enjoy it all that much because you guys both got a play of it and you said you liked it a little bit better than I thought I did.
2: Yeah, I'd still like to acquire it. I'm not going to pay massive amounts of money for it right now but if they do a reprint i'll likely get it i felt like you could mitigate enough i felt like there were cards that you could get that would let you use cubes as wilds or let you add cubes or different kinds kinds of things and as long as you you kind of planned in advance a little bit like you you could stick stuff out a little bit farther on the dial i felt like there was room for some of that mitigation. I didn't, I actually didn't find it to be any more random than one of the other games I got to play with Gabby just recently, Bruges from Stefan Feld with the card draws. And sometimes when you're looking at card draws and trying to plan for canals or whatever you're trying to build in there with the multi-use cards, I felt like it's, it's the same kind of random, random input stuff. And
1: I'm not going to disagree with you. And I mean, I'm not as big a Bruges fan as as some are. I mean, I it's it's an okay game to me. There it's it is random, but I still feel like I have some room for manipulation in in Bruges. I just really felt like Macau was just kind of. I was hoping that a die would roll so that I was able to put that color cube in the spot that I was planning for, and that's what I don't like is when I'm hoping to roll a dice or I'm I'm rolling a dice and I'm hoping that it comes up a certain number or a certain color that then I can place that in there. And that's what I didn't like. Cause then there was no, like if it would have even been like, you could have turned in two cubes to make a certain color, or you could have paid another resource to then, you know, move a one thing. It to me, it would have been a real. Then I would have really liked it because I like the concept of the game and I think it's really cool. But I just didn't like the fact that there wasn't a lot of manipulation.
0: And I can understand. I I think it's lighter than what it appears to be like when be, you look at yeah. it. And then it maybe that's why that's just not in there. Right.
2: That that could be very very true. And going on with that, that's usually I think what bothers you the most is when you think. You personally, when you think a game is going to be heavier than it is, case in point, you want to talk about this? Crusaders?
1: We'll get to Crusaders a little bit later in the episode. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough.
1: Uh, so the other thing, though, that, that night, uh, Michelle had some games that she was selling, which was cool. I actually got to pick up a old copy of Raw, which I was really excited about. I have priests of Raw, and I love Raw, so I was really excited I got to pick up the old version, you know, because- nice. The Canizia auction game. The Canizia auction game, which is just one of my favorites. So I was able to grab that from her, uh, which was really cool. We just did some trades. I traded her a few games, and I got that from her. But uh, my friend Dan was there, and he bought from her a game called The Princess of Florence. Have you heard of this? I have heard of it. Richie, I'm sure you've heard of it. Have you played it? I have not played it. Okay, we're going to stop the podcast right now and go play this game.
0: Really? See, I've heard mixed things about this game.
1: Oh, my God. Half So... Dan bought it. We, like a couple of weeks later, he came over and we started to play it. And this was the type of game by halfway through the game, I was on Amazon ordering this game. It was that good. Wow. I loved it. It had auctioning in it, which, you know, I'm I'm really digging au- auctioning type of things right now. It had action selection. It had some tile placement in it, but it was re- not a super long game. So once again, don't, you know, you're not getting into a heavy you know, brass type of game. There you go, Corey. I've already said brass in the episode. Um, <laughs> believe me, it'll come up more. <laughs> um, we, it, you know, it just has a lot of different things in there that are just solid mechanics. And I just had a blast with it. I mean, it, and it's, uh, Kramer is one of the co designers okay, yeah. on it. So uh, certainly, I, Honestly, I think you'll like it. So, Chad, you have have you gotten to play it? Uh, no, I've heard
2: a lot about it. Local board game celebrity Bryce likes <laughs> likes uh, likes this game quite a bit. And I remember when they ran the Kickstarter to reprint, I believe, last year because it was it was kind of in demand for a little while there. And it, it that's a it's Wolfgang Kramer, right? Yes, yeah, uh-huh, yep.
1: Yeah. And some like
2: there's another designer. Yeah,
1: I think it's er, something Ehrlich or something okay. like that. But okay, I mean, I I'm just I was shocked, and I was I had never it's one of those games i just never had heard of and yet it's ranked like 126th or something on BGG it's not like it's like some crazy you know way low game or whatever right. and
2: i think it recently moved up with the with the reprint too mm, if I, I remember but
1: yeah uh, so I'm, well, I'm all
2: in auction game yeah oh, i'm excited to teach you this guys cuz it's yeah it's great so well didn't didn't uh didn't Dan make you play one other game wasn't there another game that Dan got you to play
1: uh yeah we uh we we got to Quick game of uh, Terraforming Mars in the other day. Ooh, (laughs) quick. quick. (laughs) Oh, I, you know, I know people love this game and it's, it's one of those things that are really sacred to some people's hearts because they love this game so much, but it just doesn't do it for me. I just, for the, for the gameplay that I get out of it and how long the game takes and maybe, you know, and Dan said afterwards, you know, sometimes when you're teaching new people and people don't know how to play it, it's just always going to be long and I've never played it where i've got two other people maybe that are knowing what they're doing and and maybe it would be a little different but still the just the gameplay just doesn't do it for me and this you know also goes for i mean a little little spoiler here on a game that uh i'm not sure that underwater cities which is kind of the terraforming mars and water i'm not sure it's mm, it just once again the length of play is just a little bit more than what i feel like i'm getting out of the game
2: well and i i can understand that i i think some somewhere down the line that might be a good feature review somewhere maybe because you and i had fun at two i think you've had fun before at two and then we had that play at three and it was like whoa but Ooh. we'll, we'll we, we can maybe table that and see if we talk about it again because right, i'd right. like richie to play it and get his thoughts on it too yeah
0: because i mean i'm also i've only played terraforming mars once and i'm not crazy about it and I, our well, play our play setup was terrible <laughs> I mean, end of the night at in a a the night at a con at mid where well, we started like midnight yep or something like it was something ridiculous and
2: we yeah. had already we had already broken out uh, uh resistance <laughs> we had already right. broken that yeah. out and yelled and <laughs> yeah. yelled for a good hour well, and that, that, that was a
1: bad timing and yeah well i you know you dan was happy to teach you feast for odin and you enjoyed that one. well mm. i mean I, you had played it i met you i you're <laughs> enjoying that more now
0: i mean i've heard so. that no matter what this goes long is a thing well for what I, it is and i
2: want to try with the with the pre- prelude expansion because which we, that we, speeds the game up we did
1: play with the prelude so you did get uh, whoever's first player every turn got to move up one of the things which
2: boy i'm glad for because otherwise that game would have even lasted longer but the problem is you guys played it with the rest of the kitchen sink put into the other two or three expansions as well right
1: um, we did play with the colonies, which I thought the colonies was fine, and I didn't really find that to make it any longer. You know, it was just another action that you could do. And then there was some other expansion. Venus next.
2: What was that one do? That's just a whole other planet that you can kind of
1: colonize. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had that, too. I I I just ignored that one. I
2: don't even remember. But that, Venus that happened, next but... is supposed to make it longer.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, once again... I... I'm not going to say it's the worst game. It's, it's definitely not the worst game in the world. I mean, it's it's a good game. It's just not for me necessarily. And I've told Dan I still maybe would try it another time if I had another player and him who knew what they're doing, and then was, uh, we'll see. Because maybe if I could get game in in maybe an hour and a half, maybe the gameplay would be worth yeah. it for me. And, then and may that's
0: where it be needs so to bad. be. That needs to be like max time it needs to be an hour and a half for that game. Yeah. The interesting
2: thing, though – and. And we were talking about this again. We might review this later, but the interesting thing about that game, just like Underwater Cities, and just like a game like Imperial Settlers, those are card-based engine builders. And you and I, Richie, we know you're not going to play Imperial Settlers with more than two people.
0: I I don't. I don't think personally. It it depends on the people, but
2: it better be good because (laughs) they got to be quick. Your engine takes longer and longer as you build it up and that's really the problem right. with these things is oh i got to do this and I do, and this triggers this and then this triggers this and so your turns are getting longer and longer by the end and that's a big part of why those those you know that satisfying engine but then the turns are longer
0: and part of my issue with terraforming mars is that like there's like at least in imperial settlers there's a set number of rounds you know it's going to come to an end where i mean if no one's putting out oceans that that's what happened in our game like no oceans were coming out so it was like guys we got we, we got to work together to get these oceans out so we can end this game it's, <laughs> it's just keep true, going yeah. on and on well and, and it, it's ugly that's another <laughs> call me shallow but it is an ugly game well, and it's it hard is. to to look at for well, that long.
1: dan had the very nice overlays which were nice i mean it kept all the cubes in mm-hmm. place i mean that was that was very nice uh ryan brockman our local listener brought over his really cool meeple trays which i really you guys We're going to put some pictures up of these on Instagram because they are awesome looking. He brought those over, so that was nice. I was able to put them all in my little meeples, and I had fun playing with those meeples while I was waiting, you know, 10 minutes for my turn. (laughs) For your
0: turn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, that was a lot of games we all played over this uh, holiday season. We better move on and get to some other stuff. So on to Clef's Kickstarter Corner. (laughs) So this
2: week on Clef's Kickstarter Corner,
1: stop, I'm going
2: to... Stop, stop. Uh, no, I, I'm sure you had something really great planned, but I... Yeah. It's not technically on Kickstarter yet, but there's a new ENO tool coming out on January oh 3rd. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, no, course. seriously. Come on now, listen up. It, it's not out yet, but on January 3rd, Eagle Griffin is putting out an expansion map for railways of Portugal, is what it's going to be called, and Vital Lacerda is doing the map. And, of course, Ian Tool is doing the redesign and the art, and it's going to look good, guys. Oh, my boy, oh, boy. All right, I'll let him hijack All this right. for that. Let's i us
1: this
0: love letter to uh, Ian O'Toole. <laughs> well,
2: I, I'm just, so if anybody hasn't played Railways of the World, which is uh, originally an Eagle Griffin game, and the design, I think, is Glenn Drover, and it's off of sort of... A riff of the martin wallace steam age of steam but it's much more forgiving and for players that like a little bit of a lighter game i'd say but still i find it to be a very enjoyable pick up and deliver where you are putting out uh railways and trying to connect cities and towns so that you can move and deliver deliver your goods cubes all over the board and the best part of of this game is really the the scoring mechanism right yeah absolutely because you go
1: around that track and at some point you get up to earning income, like like the best income. But then as you continue to get points, your income starts to go down, which is kind of so it's like at some point you don't want to gain points for a while because you want to keep that income coming in. And then, oh boy, and boy, here's, here's a game where watch your
2: loans. Oh boy, if you take too many loans you're in trouble you can't recover You'll you spiral. cannot recover so. so this this is coming out january 3rd i don't know what the pricing's on it i tried to check with eagle griffin's website but i didn't see anything real definitive yet but take a look on january 3rd i think it's it's going to be a great production it'll be a great intro into the series i'm not sure if it's going to be a whole base game with it or just a map but uh it's it's going to look pretty it's awesome art so Check it out. He hasn't even seen it. He just No. <laughs> <either>. <laughs>
1: All right. There was Cl- Chad's kickstarter corner. I start to <laughs> change the name of this thing.
2: All right. So, as we talked about last time, we have a dice tray or two to give away, right? Those yes. nice dice trays by Andy England and Very Rolling nice. Skulls. They're beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying mine, playing some seasons on that thing. and It's great. It's great. Lots oh, of different dice.
1: man, those big chunky dice yeah. and that, that would be nice. It's sweet. Yeah. It's sweet.
2: I even caught my wife just kind of rubbing the soft le- leather of it the other night. <laughs> <way. laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so anyway, dice tray giveaways. Uh <laughs> we uh we we want to we want to give these away to uh to a listener and so what we've decided is we're going to leave it open to everyone but if you are if you are overseas if you are in you know Europe, we are we are not rich yes <laughs> we would like to be but we are yes. not and <laughs> so, we buy too many board games so. yes that's <laughs> my problem yeah. we will we will uh, if if you win and you are overseas, we'll let you know how we can split some of that cost with you, or you know if you can take on some of the cost and see if you want to do that with us. We just can't pay the whole thing because it's uh, a lot. A lot of times, going to be over a hundred dollars for us, and that's that's tough. So we will let you know if you win. But here is how you actually win: go to Twitter and follow us at Punch Borders if you're not already following us, and then retweet out this episode if you would. So when this episode comes out, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at PunchBorders, and retweet the episode out, and you can be entered to win one of those sweet, sweet dice trays. Yeah. So that's it. Right?
1: We'll we'll give away two of them.
2: Yeah. So two winners for You got it. Yep. So So go ahead.
1: Good luck, Ben. (laughs) 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 All right. So, well, that's exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to being able to send those out because they are beautiful. But you know what I think it's time for, guys?
0: Is it our feature review time?
1: It's time for Taya to walk in. Ooh,
0: you actually said it right.
1: So, <laughs>
2: it did, you I know, think. At some <laughs> po- well, yeah, I could
1: be totally wrong, but at some point it finally clicked in my head. But when I first started off, it was like Taya to talk in or Taya to Two K and Sam. I mean, I I could not get this. Yeah, guy right. just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember you were
2: you were all over with it. Hey, hey let's we got to review. Look who's talking. I just <laughs> no. so well. Let's move into our rules overview then.
1: Basically, in this game, it is a action selection game where you are moving your dice around a rondel type of circle where there are eight different actions. The unique thing on this game is, uh, you know, on your turn, you're going to have really two options. One is you can unlock some of your dice because there's ways to lock them up, or you can move one of your die. When you move it, when you stop at a spot, you can basically either get some resources, which is called cocoa in this game, Or, if you don't do that, you can choose to pay Coco for however many different colored dice there are in a spot, and then you get to take a main action, depending on what your die number is, value is, and how many dice you have in the action. Of your own. Of your own dice, yes. Or you can lock yourself into one of these like temple uh, worship type of areas that you can then get some different uh, resources or different things from. Um so the unique thing is then at the end when you take a main action you get to power up your die. So when it starts off they all start at ones, then you power it up to a two and so on until they become sixes and when they become sixes then they ascend and you basically get to do something and then you uh they'll come back as a one and you kind of start the process all over again. Uh the game is played over 3 rounds. It also has some tracks that are like, uh, like in Zulkin where they're god tracks that you move up during the game. It has an, a, a, a track that's called the Ascension of the Dead. All these things are just kind of ways to get victory points. But the, really the unique thing then is how those dice power up. And then it's played over three rounds. And at the end of the three rounds, the player with the most victory points is the winner. Well, let's move
0: on to art and components. Richie, what do you think about the art and components of this game? The component, I mean, for the price, the components are great. I mean, you're you're talking what we were talking the a couple episodes ago that this and steamrollers, which is just a pad of paper and some dice. It's some cardboard in there, but still,
2: it's a it's a rolling <laughs>
0: some <right>. cardboard, <laughs> very little cardboard. It's a rolling right. <laughs> yes, it's just a overproduced rolling right. You have the exact same MSRP. So, I mean, I would say components wise, it's great for this uh, for this price point there's not much art it's mainly just symbols but it looks good uh, it all looks good on there so I, I'm, I was very happy with it
1: once again i mean i think we're going to say this a lot for the price amazing i mean what you're getting for the price is is absolutely amazing nice you know good good dice uh richie good dice yeah yeah, yeah solid, dice. solid dice and we they're uh you know good chunky bits for i mean the wood looks like wood and the gold is gold and you know so i mean they're not Anything spectacular, not you know Ston- Stone type of you know goods, but solid ones. Nice looking board, good components on that. I mean, the board is is nice. I mean, the, the
2: pyramid tiles are really cool. They oh yeah, really cool. those are really nice, nice chunky you know bits there. Yep. Amazing for the price. Absolutely, and we forgot to mention unfortunately, but this is designed by Danielle Tashini, and it's put out by NSKN Games. Now they've merged, and so they're called Board and Dice Games. I mean, I'm going to let them know right now that they can put our Punch Border Best Buy of the Year sticker on, on, the, on the cover because this is the Punch Border Best Deal, the most value for your buck of the year, I think. I think. Richie, did you know we had one of those? I think he just gave me more work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the only minor negative I would say about the components are. Um, The If you play yellow, your little yellow thing looks very similar to the gold. So when you're playing, and yes, Antigone, I'm calling you out on this. (laughs) She just flat took my piece off the board because she thought it was gold. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I go to look where my score marker is, and it's not there because she had it in her gold pile. So you got to watch out for that. But otherwise, components, top notch.
2: And I like the board. The board is mostly functional. But... It also has little art. When once you get down, you can see in between the, the rondell spots that it has little people working on parts of the temple, and it's almost like a. There's almost a Michael Menzel feel to that kind of art. Is a very sort of photorealistic quality to it that they're going for, and and it's it's nice. It's little sort of cardboard Easter eggs on there on the board.
1: Yeah, it they're interesting. If if
2: yeah, when you're in between turns, take a look at some of
1: those pictures because they there's some interesting art on the on the board for sure. What do you think about the gameplay
2: of Teotihuacan? Well, so he just says it better. <laughs>
1: um, um, well, you know, this game is obviously a lot of people are comparing it to Zolkin or, or saying, you know, this is kind of the, the new implementation of Zolkin. Honestly, and this ooh, this might hurt some people, I think I like it better than Zolkin. Um, Zolkin, I enjoy, but the, sometimes the mechanism of the gears is a little, I don't know, too much for my brain some days where this is just perfect. I really I feel like I really can see the fact that I okay, so if I move my my die to this spot and do this, it might not be the best action, but then I can move this other die in there and now I get a better action. And now I can move this other die in there and now I even get a better action. It's that oh that that feel good thing for me that I love in euro games of it building up and, you know, just getting better and better actions and, and you know, getting those feel-good moments.
2: But the same concept as Zulkin, which is time as a resource in a way. Uh, if I wait another turn, I can build this guy up and do the action and have a much more powerful action if I right, can Right,
1: right. And a lot of people, um, and I was reading on this, there's another game that uh called Praetor. I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to play Praetor.
0: I've heard of it. But, but it
1: played. is... The 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 game itself is that's what it's even more based upon. You know, it's in the Zulkan world, but Praetor had the same type of thing where you used workers that were dice, and they would age, except for like when they became sixes, they would basically retire, and you still had to pay money for them or something. But it's same, uh, you know, the same type of principle of the dice, you know, leveling up as it goes along, and then you'd get more powerful actions with your bigger dice. And yeah, so I mean, gameplay for me. You know, this is a sure bet, you know, I mean, best value for sure, but this is definitely, I mean, good game, solid gameplay, right in that nice, beautiful, a little bit heavier than a medium Euro, but not super, you know, I mean, I wouldn't call it near the top of a heavy range for me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, really what makes it heavy is just you got to keep track of a lot of stuff on your turn. And you've even made a checklist to make sure that you're checking every or that you've done everything on yeah, your turn. Yeah, I wish turn. they
1: would have given you a little check marks or a little checklist or was something that you could have checked off because there is so much you have to do on your turn. You almost need to read that. And inevitably, I mean, we just played a game tonight, and what, there would be like a turn later, somebody would be like, oh crap, I forgot to move up the track. Or, hey, you forgot yeah. to move up the track. There's just so much going on with
2: it. Well, one of the things in the gameplay, too, is that there's technologies in one space on the board, too, and those give you power. So when you go to certain spaces, then you have more to do there because of the technology lets you do more and sort of build up an engine for that spot, which is great. But then again, you got to pay attention to it because then that engine might let you, Okay, now you've got this technology bonus. Now you can move up a track. Well, when you move up the track, then you get this other thing. Then you get these other points. All that nice combo goodness that, that you enjoy with these types of games but you really got to keep track of it all and that is that's difficult
1: right and and, and this is you know i, I don't even want to try to say anything bad about the game but i really wish they would have maybe given you little tokens that you could have put of your color onto the action spaces out on the board that would have then just alerted you to oh hey i've got a technology uh that was right. one thing that i was just a little bit surprised about um And if I really want to be nitpicky and this is kind of still back on components, they give you literally a little square thing that just shows which color you are. And they didn't make it a hundred point marker because in this game, you're going over a hundred points or at least to win the game you are. So I'm really surprised that they just, they gave you that. You know what I'm talking about that? Just that little square marker. And I'm just like, why did you give me that? You know, and it, I mean. Could have just made it a 100-point marker, and then that way one side was blank, and the other side you flip it over, and it was
2: 100 points. Because turn order never changes in this game, even though they give no. you that pass out to do the, the, the thing there, because the last right. player is in charge of moving up the eclipse marker, which, again, you were talking about rounds and, and makes those makes you mark those rounds. And so when you ascend a die to you turn it to a six, that moves it up one step further, right.
1: too. Yeah, I don't know why they have the turn order dial the numbers either, because turn order never changes. Yeah.
0: I would... in. Any game that has that where they give you, like Council 4 had that, where they give you a a token that marks what color you are. I just want to know one game where that actually matters. Right, and
1: somebody (laughs) look over and go,
2: Oh, you're red. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a thing with Tashini. Maybe, I mean, because you just named another game game by Danielle Tashini, too, so I don't know.
1: Maybe he just likes to make sure people know what What color color, they are. Maybe he (laughs) is in his
2: play group. There's somebody like, hey, uh, I think I'm yellow. Or maybe somebody that always moves his piece or something.
1: And I mean, these are very nitpicky (laughs) things. and I mean, you know, I deal with them just fine. I just, you know, a couple of things I think they could have made it a little bit better.
0: Right, but I mean, back to gameplay absolute solid gameplay. I love, I mean, it, there's just so much comboing that you can do on that board. And that just really stands out to me. Uh, I'm like you, Clef, where I prefer this over Zolkin a lot. And it's partly because I play Zolkin a lot online and I'm terrible and I get blown out in that game almost every time I play it. So it, it just makes me feel stupid. <laughs> and in this game, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, it, it clicks a lot more. and yeah. I feel
2: like there are certain things that you want to do in this game, but there are also a lot of open strategies to take, too, where you can say, oh, "I'm uh, for that part I think I'll ignore that part and sort of focus on this part. And the other thing that I think is kind of nice, too, is that there are a couple ways to play the game. You can draft these things that give you starting resources and starting p- spots, or if you're playing the game the first couple times, then depending on player order you're going to get certain resources and certain things and that's kind of nice for a new player too because you're going to it's going to steer you a certain way oh i got a lot of gold maybe i need to look at uh decorations or technologies first oh i've got stone and wood maybe i'm going to start building the pyramids and that's another thing in this game is that i can always tell a new player when i teach it try to focus on the pyramids first you know because it's an easy thing to sort of start to do and and moving up that point track usually is worth most in the first round. And then you sort of get acclimated to what you're yeah, doing.
1: I can see what you're saying there. So I mean, do you feel like, because in Zulkin, and maybe I just play it bad, maybe I'm like Richie, cause, uh, but I feel like in Zulkin, you have to go on those God tracks and move up there. Because if you, especially if you're playing two player, you let one person run away with those God tracks. There's just no way you're going to win. Do you feel that way in in this that, the God tracks are you must do, or you feel like, oh, I can go and do some other things and maybe just dabble in the God tracks.
0: I think you need to go up to the top of at least one, don't you think? I
2: do kind of feel like that. I would say there needs to be one, but in that one, I feel like you are you you can use different strategies to help you focus on that. But yeah. I also think it depends on the game too. If you see other people moving up those tracks and you kind of need to to vie for that with them because if you do let somebody get way ahead it can it can skew the game i think
1: yeah and i and the other thing that uh you know and you were even trying this tonight chad was the masks strategy where you can start to try to grab those different masks and get points from those i haven't quite seen that strategy really work out yet for somebody
2: i think that that strategy is sort of like the book's in Mombasa where it's predicated on seeing how much masks are turned up in the beginning and how much variety you're going to have a chance at. And then everything kind of has to fall, right? Because again, these tiles, you're getting discovery tiles. When you go to the spots that Clef talked about with worship and getting powers on the God tracks, and then you can take these discovery tiles and you turn them up and they can be a variety of things, but a lot of times they are masks. And then there's a set collection scoring for these. And it happens once every once a, all of the three rounds. So it happens... So if you get four of them, that's worth 10 points. And if you've done that in the first round, it's 30 points, which is not an insignificant amount. But again, those all have to be different masks that were kind of available to you from the start. So you're basing that strategy on a little bit of randomness that's going to happen. So like I said, like the book track, it kind of things have to fall right for it to work and, and it can't always work. And again, there is a scoring thing on one of the God tracks that if you get up high enough, you get to score your highest points of masks again. So then that's... Another, you know, 10 points possibly or more. Well, possibly. That's part of the variability. That's not yeah. in the base of the game. Yeah, right.
0: things are definitely going to have to break yeah. your way, you know, to, to come out on top, I think, with the mask strategy. Right.
2: Yeah. But it, it can be done. And, and so then we should move to player count, which I want to talk a little bit about this too, because I think it scales. I think it scales pretty well because it has rules out there for placing the other, other die. And then you don't have to do a lot of moving them around. You do it once per round. Perfectly. I mean, there, there's nothing, uh, and you're right, I don't even feel
1: like it's a different game when I'm playing with less players because the dummy dice are all out there and they do the same effects. They may not move, obviously, as much in, as in a regular game, but I feel like it, it scales very well. Now, I do have a complaint about that, or I, I don't even know about a complaint. Maybe complaint's a bad word. A just a curious question.
2: I don't know why you play less rounds with less players. Well, technically, in the way that we've been talking about it, it's not less rounds, right? It's less... Turns within or... that round. Yeah, less... turns within the round. I mean, because moving up the eclipse track is shorter for two players than it is for three and now, four.
1: And I guess maybe now that I sit here and think about it, as I talk out loud, maybe more players, more ascending, so it moves faster, you get less ascending. Never mind. I just answered my own question. Never mind. <laughs> Scrap that. <laughs>
2: That's what the podcast is good for—talking out thought processes. <laughs> well, Richie, you've gotten—have most of your plays been at three?
0: Yeah, all my plays have been at three on this one. So,
2: okay. Well, I can talk—I mean, really briefly about the the solo game. Well, before we go into
1: that, because everybody's super excited, I've played it at two, I've played it at three, and I've played it at four—all top notch, no issues whatsoever. I think they're all solid. It doesn't outstay its welcome in any of those player counts. Um. I've played, I think I've only played it three times at four and I probably think I've played it like four times at three and then I've played it like five times at two, all of them top notch. Absolutely. Go ahead and tell everybody what they can
2: get in a solo game. (laughs) Well, so, so that, that was my, that was my thought. I, I had played it at all the player counts and enjoyed it. So then I thought, all right, I'm not a big solo game player, but I'll take one for the team. And I'll play this solo. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah, because I'm not kidding, you guys. In the back of this rulebook, there are four pages. Because David Tertzi, who uh, did the solo game also for Anachrony and did Dice Settlers just recently, he designed the solo version for this game. And you can tell he's put a lot of work into it. And it is because of all the work that you do and the upkeep and the massive amounts of fiddliness, you you have a very balanced game that feels a lot like the other the other two three and four player game in that way but man there are a lot of action tile upkeep that you're doing and every step for the he calls it the teoti bot uh every step for the teoti bot on the different action spaces you can go to are if this then this but if not then this and if not that then this and if so every space has about four or five different options which is it's it's crazy but if you I want to say, if you're, this is the kind of game that if you're a solo gamer, you will put in the time, and then you'll get to know, and so it 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 will be able to to be more familiar, and you'll be okay. But I'm telling you, I did not put the rule book down from my hand once, and I was flipping <laughs> every single turn for that Teyoti bot. Mm. So mm. It, it, it's for most of us that don't play solo games a lot, it's not worth it. But if you are a solo gamer and you really like that stuff, then. This this is really rewarding because not only do you get a, a very an experience that really feels a lot like a multiplayer game, but the variability that's baked in with all that is is pretty massive. I mean, you can kind of mm. go down. Or I feel like you can kind of go down a rabbit hole with this, you know, with the different player boards and stuff, and and it feels similar a, a, as Gaia Project would, just without
0: the the asynchronous player powers. Right. And I mean, the setup alone kind of took it off my list for solo play uh, just because I want something that I can just put out quickly and just play and that I don't really have to worry about what the bot or dummy player is doing. Like either I roll a die and it does a thing or I flip a card and it does a thing and then I go right back to my turn. But, you know, it's good that at least that it looks like there's some depth for you know, people who are you know really focused on solo play.
2: Well, you do roll a die and flip a card, and it does a thing. You, get, you roll a <laughs> you die, gotta... <laughs> you flip a card, you do the hokey pokey, and yeah. then but, you. <laughs> I will say uh, you should check into this if you're a dedicated solo gamer because the solo play is is good, and and if you like to to play both, then it's a bonus. So okay,
0: so what do we think
1: about variability and replayability?
0: I mean variability so I got here early tonight to set it up and I mean there's so many tiles that you are flipping out randomly <laughs> and the action spaces move around so I off the charts for variability definitely which obviously is going to increase replayability for me.
2: Yeah, I mean there are even different variants to the game. You can play the mean version where as soon as that eclipse thing hits, nobody else gets a turn, you know, so you're manipulating that track a little bit, which is fun, and then not to mention all those tiles. And I think you said you didn't see the, the switching of the spots, the rondelle spots, to be all that different.
1: I, I didn't. Um, now, I, I will say this. I, when, when I'm playing this game, I'm, I'm teaching it a lot, And so when I'm teaching it, I don't play with any of the variability. I'm teaching just the base game. So I've only gotten in a couple of games, to tell you the truth, with the with the variable tiles where I place them in different places. But it didn't feel that diff that part didn't feel that different to me. The different like in-game bonuses and you know, there's some different technologies was, you know, that was certainly, you know, different stuff there. But where I placed where the gold was in comparison to where the
2: wood was didn't really make a huge difference for me in the game well see when i played solo and it was interesting all the resources got bunched up on one side of the board and what you use them for was a little bit different i mean because if you think of it like a rondelle if you change the spots where those rondell are at and you can only move so far around the board it it did kind of change what i had to do and the way i had to do it especially considering other players and where they were at
1: right and it might have been just one of those things that you know, I just looked at the board and then thought, okay, here's the strategy I'm going with. So it didn't make it seem that much different to me because that's just how I'm playing that game anyways, is I'm just looking at the board going, what's my best strategy? Okay, and, and kind of going with that. But um, it didn't, it's not like you have different action spaces or something, I guess. is When I first thought about the game, I thought that's what it was going to be, is I thought, oh, wow, these are going to be different action spaces, which I thought was going to be totally crazy.
0: And maybe it's because the one in the the eight, is it the eight? Yeah, one and the eight don't move. Right. Because you can't mix those up. And so maybe, because I was thinking like Great Western Trail, like that makes a huge difference as far as the starting oh, buildings. that's huge. On where they are. And, right. and here, you know, maybe it's just because you can't move those two and they're always in the same spot.
1: I, th- I think you're right. Like if, if in Great Western, if you had two of the neutral buildings always had to be in the same places, mm-hmm. then where those other ones went maybe wouldn't make all that big of a difference. Right. But uh, obviously in that, it can be everywhere, so it does make it much more. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, this game, variability has a ton of it. There's a lot of stuff going on. I don't feel like I've ever played the same game twice. And the replayability, I mean, I've played it, you know, 10 plus times already and I, I'd i play it again. It has great replayability. Um, it has great, you know, I, and the other thing that I didn't even talk about, I think new people, I think they can they can grasp the concept usually pretty fast in this game. It's not like like, Zolkin's a tough thing to grasp concept of, I think. But yeah, in this game, be... it's like a, hey, get your dice together and, you know, have a party in an action space and you get more stuff for it. You know, I, I think it's, it's more innate to, I think, most people's brains when you're thinking of a Euroe type of game.
0: Yeah, you have to be on the ball in Zulkin as far as your timing. Yes. And, and this is not that big of a deal.
2: Right. It, it is a bit more for, forgiving. The only thing is you can run out of run out of cocoa when you run out of cocoa you're you're trying to figure out ways to get that yeah yeah you gotta and then
1: you gotta feed the people you don't want to forget about that you know you lose six points in a hurry all of a sudden
2: (laughs) (laughs) suffice it to say i think this is one of the more varied games that we have played this year as far as variability i think it's it's pretty darn high i would agree with that yep absolutely definitely well richie we're gonna move on to our final thoughts so why don't you give the The uh, Punchboard Paradise rating scale for our listeners, please.
0: Sure. So on Punchboard Paradise, we do a six-point scale with a one being the game makes you miserable. You never want to play it again. And a six being a contender for top ten of all time for you. So, Clef, what what do you give Taya to walk in?
1: On the spot already. Okay, well, I like this game a lot. Okay, it is a very, very solid Euro game. It is definitely in my wheelhouse of games. If you are, if you are similar to me and your game likes, you got to give this one a try because it is, it is a great game for that. Um, It's a five. It is a solid five. This, this will be in my top 10 of the year. There is no doubt about it. I mean, I've, yes, there's still a few games that I haven't gotten to play yet, but even those would knock out other games. This, this is going to be a solid, probably in my top five uh so i'm giving it a solid five definitely worth a play and as chad just said earlier with this new stamp that we have you're talking about a good value for a game this is it i mean if you don't maybe you don't buy a lot of games 35 bucks you know if you can get you know you get this at miniature market or
2: cool stuff or uh, 50 msrp
1: yeah 50 msrp is 50 MSRP is a steal for this game. Yeah. Yeah. I that, mean... that's
2: Some card games are 50. I mean, like, I think that was Imperial Settlers, too. I yeah. Mean, mm-hmm. So you are getting a deal. Great value. Jen, how about you? I'm going to echo what Clef said, essentially, and say, hey, this is this is a game to get, because if you don't buy a lot of games, you're going to be able to delve into this one. You're going to be able to play it at 2, 3, and 4, and have the same kind of feeling you are you can play it solo if you're a solo gamer too. There's a lot to get out of this box and a lot of care put into it. So, like Clef said, it's going to be in my top 10 as well. That means I have to give it a 5 in the top 10 for the year. So I have to give it a 5. There's, there's no doubt about it. And really what, what makes this game feel so good to me is those combo turns where you really feel clever because you moved up a track that got you this other thing that allowed you to do this action. And, and it just feels so good to do that. There's plenty of that in this game. So if you like those kind of games, this is it really that this game at its heart.
1: Yeah. Great, great points. Richie, you're last. What do you got?
0: Well, fellas, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Uh. <laughs> Next episode, we're going to have to review something that uh, Clef hates. Okay. All right? <laughs> that sounds good. What?
1: Why is that a prerequisite? record? Why would you do something you guys
0: hate? <laughs> uh, so it's a five for me as well. Definitely one of the best games this year. will definitely be in my top ten, and I, I won't keep going on about it. So five for me, five across the board uh, for I, all three of us.
1: The, the only bad part about this game is when I did first teach it to Gabby, she won the game and she beat me, so that's maybe, <laughs> that might be my
2: only negative. Maybe that should take it down to a four. <laughs> All right, well you heard it here. Punchboarders give the give the game Teotihuacan by Danielle Tashini and NSKN or Boards and Dice Games straight fives across the board. We are going to talk about some of our standouts and highlights of 2018 in a few categories. All right. right. So I think the first thing we should talk about is our
1: lovely BG stats that we all use for our games. Uh, We did little challenges, each one of us, I believe, at the beginning of the year. How did you do with that, Richie? I think you've got some pretty good news.
0: I do. So I completed my uh, challenge, which was a... 33 by three challenge which honestly i mean especially with the podcast it is it, kind of easy <laughs> but, <laughs> but i'm happy to say that i completed it uh, the last game that i had to play to complete it was uh palaces of Carr- carrera by kiesling and kramer uh, and i played that with jessica i mean i even finished this with some time to spare because i did this a couple weeks ago uh with jessica so i got my challenge done what about you clef
1: i had a couple of challenges on my list i did a three by 20 where I and I failed miserably. Uh because some of the games I just quite honestly I couldn't get to the table. Like The Colonist was one of them. I just could never get that to the table. There was a few of them, like uh, you know, Thrash and Roll that I was like I played that a couple times and I was like, I don't want to play this again. You know, so I this next year I think I'm gonna pick more like games I know I want to play as opposed to I was kind of trying to pick games that I didn't always play. So that part nah, I didn't do too well, but my other one I just flat out did a. I was trying for 750 games over the course of the year. That was kind of my goal. And as of today, December 30th, at uh, what about 10 o'clock Eastern here? I don't know why I said Eastern. We're not in Eastern. <laughs> I don't know. And, it, and it's not.
0: Like, well, I guess it is 10 o'clock. Or it's 10:16 Eastern yeah, right, exactly, right now. So. His, his phone, I think, the time zone is the Great White North. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're
1: still in the Great White North. Um, at, at this at this moment, I have made it. I am actually at 804 plays for the year.
0: How many unique titles? 302. Mm, yeah, you got a problem.
1: That yeah, is impressive. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's, it's, it's padded a little bit because I had 37 games of Ganjan Clever because my wife absolutely loved that game. But not on your phone, right? No, 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 no. no. This is straight, playing live, rolling the dice. Did you laminate sheets, I hope? Uh, no. Yes, yes, you did. we did. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we did. Uh, I mean, the fad is over. I mean, it's probably been, you know, five months since I've played the game. But now, also, but. <laughs> you played a bunch on your phone as well that you didn't count. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I played a ton of solo games on my phone. But, yeah, I've, I've now kind
2: of lost interest in playing Well, it. I mean, think about that, though. Yeah, think no, about the price deep. per play. I mean, that's pretty. Oh, yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. Now, I yeah. remember one time uh, when you guys were coming over, he showed up early and <laughs> he, he didn't realize I was sitting out on my porch watching him and you could just hear on his uh, car speaker because I think you had you the, Bluetooth, your, the Bluetooth yeah, hooked yeah. up. Just that noise, that ridiculous noise that <laughs> the <laughs> app makes over Yeah, <laughs> <and> over. <laughs> Yo, no, so
1: a little padded with that, but even if you take those 37 away, I still hit my 750 and most of those are you know, solid Euro-heavy games. Uh, you know, I mean, my wife will be divorcing me at the end of the year, but I got to my <laughs> challenge. My I'm Lord. kidding.
2: I'm kidding. <laughs> what about you, Jed? Um, I got to 35% of my 10 for 10, which was tough uh, because I wanted to delve deep into these games that I really liked and, and look at strategy. And so vino got like three plays in and – uh one of them was i think gaia project might have been on there i know russian railroads was on there we got a few plays of those in which was great i think i, I got three or four um i got almost all of seven wonders duel which isn't deep but i knew i could get that in with stephanie my wife i i, I didn't get any of agricola in fact stephanie was walking past me the other day and she goes you know we, we should play some agricola weren't you saying you wanted to play that? And I was like, oh, what? Oh, what? Oh,
0: what? Yeah, come on. It should have <laughs> so, just been like, let's play it ten times yeah. right now. Yeah, I would like, let's,
2: let's go. That's right. That's a way to kill it. Really, I, I, I didn't get as much done. I, I still would have done it this way, because again, like I really, we play so many games and I enjoy the newness of the games, but I, I still like the idea of delving deep into some of the strategies of those games that I really tend to enjoy. So I don't know. We'll see what I'm going to do next year. I did get I, I did get half your plays. I got 400 plays. So that's hey, <laughs> that's, that's still that's a lot good. of plays.
0: And I mean, a 10 for 10, that's tough. I'm looking at my stats. And so I played 218 unique games. I had 571 plays. And I still only have seven games that I played 10 times. And most of them, I mean, Strike is one of them. So that doesn't, I don't even count that. The Mind, that doesn't count. Nope. Number nine, that doesn't count. Clask, that doesn't count. So like newsfjord. Uh, Santa Maria, and then Pandemic Legacy Season One, which I don't, I don't even know if I can count that. Oh, so okay. it's tough to get ten plays, especially yeah. the way that we play.
2: All right, uh, well, I, I thanks, thanks for making me feel better about it, guys. I, yeah, I appreciate no, that. It,
1: uh, you know, now I have the uniqueness that I have. I mean, I have kids that play heavier games. I have a wife that will play. I have you guys. I have you know other nights you know of gaming that I get to do, where everybody likes to play these type. Where you guys a lot of times you know, you'll have to play some of the lighter games or whatever, you know. I mean, I got 19 plays of Merlin, which may be a little much for that game. I got 18 (laughs) plays of Newton, which, you know, obviously a great game. But Codenames Duet is up there 17 times. Crosstalk is on there 16 times. Um, Now I have obviously have good old brass up there with 14 plays. And now I have Great Western with 14 plays, big time because the expansion came out. And I've, you know, played that a ton of times with that. Um, but I also got in uh, the estates with twelve times, which is that's an easy one to get in a bunch of times because it plays so quick. And then uh, good old Lorenzo with ten
2: plays. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's a follow up on our our resolutions, our gaming resolutions. So hopefully that was interesting to you, and maybe we'll do this again on the podcast. We'll we'll see what what we have in store for New New Year and. Ooh, so maybe next podcast we do some like New Year's resolutions of sure. what yeah. we're, we're going to kind of do. I yeah, like we can that talk idea. about that. Okay. But let's move on to some of those other categories that I had intimated, which is the first category is our surprise of the year. So, Clef, tell me what surprised you this year, whether it was a trend or an actual game. What surprised you with 2018? Well, there's a lot of great
1: things that, you know, came out this year. And I, I feel like strong year for gaming. I, I really do. I think 2018 was a good year. A lot of great reprints. So I'm not going to necessarily count any of the reprints that came out. But this was, so we're talking surprise, right? So we're talking, oh my goodness, I can't believe that this game is better than what I would ever think of it would be. And so my biggest surprise of the year was Robin Hood and his Merry Men. You okay, should, You I'm, guys should see the looks right now. I'm from very surprised because I don't even
0: know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> um, a game Dan has.
1: Yeah, Kickstarter game, and it's semi-co-op. Uh, So right away, yeah. So th- this is why I'm saying it was the surprise oh, for me Lord. for the year. Um, Not that the co-op is pretty, eh, I mean, you're really just trying to score victory points and, you know, part of the game is getting rid of things. But you literally could just, you know, let it tank if you didn't feel like you were winning and, and lose the game that way.
2: So there's a trader um, possibility in this
1: game? Uh, Not a trader possibility, just a, there's different ways to lose the game. And if not, everybody's kind of trying to do these things to eliminate the threat, then it's, you're going to have a hard time winning, you know, finishing the game. But I was surprised it's, has dice rolling? Yes, random dice rolling. And, but yet there's ways to mitigate the dice. There's ways, you know, you have special player powers, you have different, you have a, like a turn where you're using your merry men to go out and like basically gather resources. And then you have a hero phase where your hero's going out. Now, am I saying this game is amazing? No, I mean, it's a pretty average game. But surprised wise, when I played this game, I thought, oh my God, this game is going to be terrible, but what you know i'll I'll play it because, you know, Dan wants to play it. I was surprised at how good I really liked it, not enough even to go buy it, but enough where I would play this game a few more times and still enjoy it. So I that I'm just going to give. When I'm talking surprise, I was shocked that I enjoyed this game.
0: Okay. Oh. Well, it sounds Maybe. not like a game you'd yeah. normally like, so I'm right. surprised, That's, too. Yeah. That's why I
1: was surprised. Okay.
0: Richie, what's your biggest surprise of the year? The Mind. I was actually shocked that the the game is fun. It is fun. And don't give me that look. Didn't you say yes. the other day you played I, yes. it for like an he, hour? With his BFF, Dan. <laughs> with, with my BFF, Dan, if, yes. if they hold hands and play looking into each other's hey, eyes.
1: Hey, 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 hey. Well, we're telling Alexa to play us love songs. Yes, all right.
0: So, yeah. I mean, when I heard the concept of the game, it, it just sounded stupid. But first off, I mean, it works. I have not had it fail yet, especially with non-gamers. You know, they may give you a weird look at first, but by the end of it, everyone's having fun. And if you play with people that are, say, you know, it's broken because you can just count in your head, don't play with those people. They're not fun people. Don't play with them. Just play the game like it's meant to be played in the spirit that it's supposed to be played in, and you will have a fun time, especially with non-gamers. Okay, yep. wait, 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 though. Do you think, like, Clef
2: plays with with, with the hand that's not holding Dan's hand. He plays with <laughs> hand signals. Can you, I mean, what do you think about that? Can you do that with hand signals? Cause...
0: Don't be strict about right. what yeah. can happen at the table. Don't, like... Because when that, especially with non-gamers, when all of a sudden you say, hey, no talking. <laughs> <laughs> that changes the mood of that game completely. Okay. Just explain the rules, and then however it turns out, it turns out everyone will have a fun time.
1: Uh, I, I see what you're saying there. I mean, that's you don't want to be too strict with that game because it yeah. is meant for a fun, enjoyable time. And if you try to say too much strictness, yeah. Because I think that's why I enjoyed it when I played it because we were able to at least do some things. because. For me, being Mr. Eurogamer, I can't just sit there and stare in somebody's eyes and just hope I'm going to play a card at the right time. Right. i got to have a little something, you know. It was still our minds were working together, so I still think it counts. I don't think Chad
2: counts it, but I count it. <laughs> oh, that's all we, right.
1: We won. That's all that mattered to me. <laughs>
2: yeah. See there. <laughs> I,
1: see, there's the look. I saw it. <laughs>
2: I, I And that might be why it's failed in some groups for me is because – uh i'm a rule follower and so i probably <laughs> i probably am that way a little bit and and playing with kids too like they're counting in their head is one two three four five you know like <laughs> their, their rhythm like know. electric company here yeah. <laughs> so.
0: and if you play in the dark where well, you're playing face down that's also enjoyable i oh. didn't think that would work but it, well, it does i haven't
1: work. tried it that way i might have to try it that way that'd be interesting <laughs> all right or,
0: chad what was your surprise
2: you know i'm gonna go with uh And it started last year, but I'm going to go with the big surprise for me has been how how much you can get me to play a game now if you say it's an auction game. I am I am all in on auction games. I used to I mean for for example Power Grid that was one thing I really didn't like about that game was the auction and the way that that runs and stuff. But a Canitia Auction or The Estates really opened that up for me. That was a game I did not kickstart and now, you know, we're we're in on the Kickstarter for QE and some of those. When you tell me it's an auction, I'm I'm really interested. If there's if there's bidding involved as long as it's not blind bidding, it's an it's a it's an interesting thing for me. So just in general, the trend for me of getting more into auction games is, was a big surprise for me. All right. I like that. All right. Well, following that up and we're all about duality here on Punchboard Paradise. So give us a disappointment of the year. Crusaders! <laughs> all right.
1: Well, uh, yeah. and Once again, I'm sure the game is fine. I mean, for people that that's the game that they're looking for. But I was thinking it was going to be a very, you know, fairly meaty euro game with a rondelle where, you know, things w- would matter and how make tough decisions. There's none of that in this game. This game is a very straightforward move your little action symbols around the rondelle. Do the action that pretty much makes sense. I mean, there's the board is just kind of move to a spot, build a building then do a crusade by just having enough action markers. I mean, there's no luck in the game. So, I mean, that's one thing that's a positive about the game. But this game, I was super excited, pulled it out. My wife said one night, hey, I'll play a game with you. And it was a brand new game. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. We sat down, we played it. I like four turns into it, just sat there and thought to myself, oh my God, I don't even have a decision to make. It just plays itself. And I thought, I'm going to have to play this whole game. And thank goodness, about eight turns in, my wife looked at me and she goes, this game is terrible. I don't even have any decisions to make. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. And we just quit. And I was like, I, I didn't even want to finish it. It was so nothing was going on with it. And so then Chad, of course, is like, ah, come on, can me that bad. So then we sat down and I taught Chad. And thankfully, Chad, about five or six turns into it, said, okay, there's not a lot going on with this game. I think he liked it a little bit better than I did,
2: but he certainly was like, okay, I can see what you're talking about. I I could see that basically on the rondelle, uh, you wanted to pretty much just play what you had the most cubes on or whatever the pieces were. The action markers. Yeah, you pretty much wanted to go with that strategy. Now, we only played a two-player game, and you only played a two-player game. Now, the board is set up for that two-player game, but I think the, the... Part of it, the interaction comes with racing around the board to try to grab spots before other people can sometimes. But the the thing is, when I read the sort of uh, designer stuff about it, it seemed like he wanted to make... Something that was more personalized than Trajan, so I expected more constriction to that rondel. Like you, right. you want to make this decision, but you can't do this, and you got to do it this way. And it's really easy and open when you're trying to upgrade your rondel. And and well, and so. it's but it's even a two. The there's dual sided, so it's a two
1: player map on that side, and it's not even tough to you know you go one one person goes one way and one person goes the other. Sure, it just it just was too light for what i was expecting um that being said i do have crusaders for sale anybody is interested
2: in buying <laughs> the deluxified version the deluxified it, version that is pretty you oh, cannot you cannot argue with that talk about components really and, pretty i
1: mean the the uh, what do they call that that where they have the with the with the cru- those top people or whatever that they were called that overlay that they have that silk screen or whatever is that what i'm trying to say the uv the uv
2: printing on, yeah on i mean the it's just
1: beautiful and it feels nice and looks beautiful the game is is top notch in that nice uh well they're influence tokens or whatever they're not money but they're influence tokens i mean it's it's beautiful so if if you want something a little bit lighter it may be for you it just was a big disappointment for me okay i guess you guys can now talk about something <laughs> Richie, what was your biggest disappointment?
0: I'm gonna sneak in two here. Clef, you're not gonna be happy.
1: This is like a a Chad thing. You're sneaking in two.
0: (laughs) Come on, I'm a rule follower. (laughs) So the first one I was actually really sad because I was really excited for this game. It seemed like everyone loved it. Even you guys kind of talked it up, but the game that we played was a flop. I definitely want to try it again. But container. Our game was just like a nothing game that we played.
1: I can't argue with you. For some reason, our game just was flat. And I have heard that now from other people listening to some other reviewers. Uh, I listened to the Brawling Brothers review of it, and they kind of talked about that. that Certain games just kind of go flat. But that's the only time I've played that game that it was flat. The other times it's been great.
0: But I get what you're saying. It, It can be a fragile game, I think, in some ways. So I'm not going to rail hard against that one because I'm, I'm actually excited to try that one again. And I think we can get a good play out of it. The next one, you're not going to be happy about this, Clef. Prehistory. And this was... One... <laughs> yes! <laughs> Clef talked this one up. He's like, I really want to show you guys this. And me and Clef lined up pretty well on our games. We as far do. As what we like. Do, we do. Oh, boy. And, and maybe we just played it once at four. And maybe four is just too long for that game.
1: Uh, yes, I, I think it is. I've, I've played it a few times now. With just two players, and I, and honestly, I think it's one of those games where it's better as a two-player game. Okay. Also,
2: the rules are too long for this game. Well, the rules are terrible, right? The rule book is the, absolutely horrible. The rule book was
1: rough, but that doesn't have anything to do with the gameplay. I mean, I was the one working with the rule book, <laughs> and I'll say this: that was my first teach of it to you guys. Okay. And now I've I've played it a few more times, and now I feel like I can teach it a little bit better. I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to go back to the rule book twenty times during it now. So it got a little bit better. But once again, I'm not going to be able to argue with you because it mm. was a little rough of a game. And so I can see right. where it was a little bit of a disappointment.
2: It just felt like a kitchen sink kind of game.
0: Yeah, it seemed like there was a lot that, you know, it, since it was a Kickstarter, maybe there was some more development yes, and things right, were stripped exactly. away from it. Like, I, And we still don't, do you understand the dancing around the fire thing? For no, okay, turn I, still, order. Still don't, for the I still don't get that. I
1: still just kind of make up my own rules for that. But, but I will agree with you. Kickstarter, you know, and similarly, the, the same people who made Prehistory did Ave Roma, which mm. is another game that I have talked up and I think is a good game. But sometimes when I'm playing it, there's a lot of rules and a lot right. of things going on. And so sometimes I wish those games might have wished they'd been developed a little bit more you know, maybe if a big publisher would have picked him up, it might have been a little more refined.
0: But
2: can't argue with either one. I mean, I'm I'm not upset at you. All right, I, all right. I agree with you. <laughs> all right, Jen. Well, my biggest disappointment, and this is unusual for me, but it's a Feld game. You know, I, I played Carpe Diem with uh with Dan and Clef, and they were Dan was nice enough to teach. It was a great teach. But aside from the production issues, which are considerable in fact they are already putting out a second edition because of the problems some of the colors are a lot the same they you're choosing an action selection you're choosing tiles through this seven pointed star i think seven i think that's right anyway and you're moving around trying to choose tiles off of that when in reality it could be a circle instead. And you could go either way on the circle.
0: And that's what they're doing in the second edition. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: <laughs> so I mean, it makes no sense that you did that to begin with. And then it's just really light. Like, I think it's even lighter than La Isla, which I enjoy to play with the family. And it's tile laying, which doesn't always hit for me. I mean, there are things that are interesting about it. The interesting thing is the cards are the scoring mechanism. And so you can place discs on these cards trying to hit objectives throughout the three rounds and you're going to place your disc down. You want to get the timing right because if you place your disc between two cards and you cannot satisfy that option or that, that scoring mechanism, then you are going to take minus points for that instead. So that is the interesting thing because also it adds to variability the way the cards are laid out, not just the number of cards, although there are plenty of those as well. That is the interesting part, but the stuff that goes with it just just was really light, and I just didn't feel like I needed to, to play much. Now, there's certainly stuff to do there, but it just, I don't know. It, it, it was a failed, and I expected to be excited about it, and it just left me kind of meh. Now, other people have really liked this game. Clef, I know, likes this game. it But just for me, it was very bog standard, except for that card scoring mechanism, and that wasn't enough to keep me interested.
1: Bog standard. I don't I don't know that's that's a new one there for me. It's a phrase. Oh, okay. I believe it. <laughs> um I've played it three or four times, something like that. I it's not don't get me wrong, this is don't it's this is not top, you know, Trajan, Castles of Burgundy, Bora Bora. This is definitely on the lower end of Felds for me. But I found it to just be exactly what it was. It was, you know, just a quick basically it's a resource management type of game where you're trying to grab tiles and place them out on your board, and then you're, tra- you know, I, I actually like the card scoring thing where the, you know, the cards are there and you have to score two of them. And if you can't score them, you're losing points on that and you, you have no choice. I like that idea. Will I say I wish it was in a heavier game? Absolutely. But I don't think it's a bad game. I You know, I it's surprising me that you didn't like it as much as you didn't like it. So your biggest disappointment is my biggest surprise. That you know that was your
2: <laughs> biggest disappointment. I
1: and I you certainly when you played it, I didn't realize that from you until later when you told me that it was kind of a disappointment.
2: Well, because it's all because expectations, right? So you had expectations for Crusaders to be right. this heavier game. So with a Feld for me, I expect to be pretty excited about it. So yeah. it's the difference in okay. how how much I wanted to be excited and mm. it just wasn't. But
1: all right, well, I I. I understand and, and agree with what you're saying, so I, I <laughs> thank you. I I don't know why I have to be. I'm like
2: uh, approving of your guys' picks, but I feel like I'm like the approver tonight. <laughs> yes, I'll let you do that one. <laughs> well, let's talk about. I know. I know you have a good answer for this. Let's talk about best production and/or component of the year, Richie. You are. Everybody knows on this podcast that you are a pretty shallow person, so maybe
0: you should lead us <laughs> off with this. <laughs> wow, yeah. shot fired. But
2: he said it. He said it himself. I admit to it. I admit to it.
0: <laughs> uh, Root was my favorite production of this year, and it was my favorite artwork in a game. And those little wooden characters for each faction is just they fit perfectly for those factions they look great even though they're simple um but yeah overall and even the box size i love the box size and how everything fits in there uh now even with you know the expansion's gonna you know i'll have eh, you know what i don't mind having more of that art so i'll have the expansion box as well that's fine uh, so Root, Root for me. And it is so, I agree with you, it is so flippin'
2: smart the way that art dovetails with the mm-hmm. game itself and the production and the way that it's just sneaky, you know? Yeah. It's, it's sneaky, it, it it allows Cole Worley's design to be, to sneak up on you and be a war game with these cute little animals in the cutest way and those little green toasts that are actually the Woodland Alliance bombers so to speak i mean it's
0: i have to i have to agree with you wholeheartedly there yeah they did a great job uh clef you want to talk about root (laughs) nope (laughs) all right chad what about you i'm gonna go with
2: brass because i was we were waiting you know we were waiting for for this this game to come out and it it took a while because it kept getting pushed back and pushed back as soon as i opened that box with my brass lancashire and brass birmingham inside i instantly forgave them any any time lapse or any any delay because it is a beautiful production mr cuttington does phenomenal work with the art and the board those poker chips are things of beauty that they worked so hard to to get just right with those i don't know etchings basically Mm -hmm. and it, it is just a fun game to take out of the box and and look at and hold and touch and it's a tactile experience as well as great gameplay so that's that has to be mine
0: yeah they knocked it out of the park it, i just roxley games i just want them to touch every heavy euro that's out there yeah
1: yeah for sure they did an amazing job um i definitely approve of yours chad <laughs> um well, that was like the the opposite polar ends right there for me to root and brass so obviously everybody's going to expect me to You know, mimic what Chad just said in brass because it's beautiful. Those poker chips, I use them for every game now. They are just a mainstay for me. Uh, They've basically replaced my metal coins, which I never thought would ever happen. I just love the poker chips. But I'm going to go with something different so that we, you know, have a little bit of variety. I mean, probably my real answer is brass. But I'm going to give it to another game that I think did a really nice job in, in Coimbra. I mean, the art is beautiful in that game, and it's Mm. vibrant, and I mean, they did a nice job. They had those little uh, towers where the dice go in. They had nice, good dice. I mean, really, that is uh, just a beautiful game to lay on the table with all those colors and the cards and everything. I think Coimbra really uh, might be
2: my is I'm going to pick that as my top game of the year. I I could not agree more with you on this one because Chris, Chris Williams, which is also did the new art for Camel Up, which is beautiful as well. Chris Williams knocked it out of the park with that one. It, It looks it looks great. And you hear a lot of people right now talking about their tops of the year. And I I feel like Newton and Coimbra are both are both kind of Euro games that I kind of put in the same box, the same category. And people out there from the buzz seem to favor Coimbra quite a bit. And I think part of that is how inviting it is when it sits on the table. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Coimbra blows Newton out of the water when it
1: comes to just presence on the table. I mean, if I didn't know any better, I'd want to sit down and play Coimbra. Even since I think Newton has a better gameplay, in my opinion, I certainly would say Coimbra looks 10 times better and that would make a big difference yeah
0: i approve of your pick oh <laughs> thank you, thank you.
2: <laughs> all right what's next this is the mutual backslapping society <laughs> uh okay well next let's talk about our favorite kickstarter of the year either we received or maybe somebody else received all right well i mean I'm, there's no question
1: here it's it's going to be brass and there's I can't even begin to say anything else. Brass is the best Kickstarter that I got this year. Uh, Close, close second is the Estates. Amazing job by Capstone Games, and I mean a terrific game. But Brass just knocked it out of the park, Kickstarter-wise. To me, that's the top of the bar. Yeah, that's what I got. Richie, what do you got for yours?
0: Well, I went off of Kickstarters that I back, and I do not back many Kickstarters. Um, I would love to say Gentis right now, but we're not getting that for a while. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: I, I still have that game. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> the the uh, deluxified version. Oh, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of
0: issues happening with that. But uh, Mattai and I, though, I almost said the wu Take. <laughs> I'm
2: serious. I hope that is an expansion. Let's get a promo for that. <laughs> Um, Oh, man, you pulled out Ghostface (laughs) Killer. Oh, wow, Ghostface Killer can be used for gardening or paperwork. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, I can say this. Here we go. Matai and I, Wu Tai Mountain, uh, which the, and I'm not going to try to, to explain Matai and I, because even though it's a fairly simple as for what you do on your turn, it will melt your brain. And <laughs> it's just a small deck of cards. But the Wu Tai, Wut, I'm going to get it out. Wu Tai Mountain, not Wu Tang Clan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> Uh, It adds another deck of cards, which you will get, uh, and it gives you these works that you can build in either wing of your gift shop. And it allows you, you know, it just gives you more powers. And it it allows you to kind of get, you know, more of an engine going, and it really meshes well with the uh, base game. The only thing that I don't like about it is that they did not use the same cardstock. They didn't give it a linen finish as the original cards. Um, You know, whatever. Ooh. So do you sleeve it? So because you don't sleeve games. Well, the decks don't mix, and that's that was their justification for it. Because you don't, it's a completely separate deck that you uh, don't actually shuffle in. But other than that, I think it's a fantastic ad- addition to the game.
2: I agree. I I love Mattai and I. Richie and I both love to play Matai and I, and so we're not for the card quality issues. It would be perfect for me. I'm going to I I I lied. I'm most of the time a rule follower. I'm going to break my rule because. I I would say brass, but Clef said brass. I I'm gonna go with even though I didn't back it, we played ten five minutes in and I I quickly contacted Everybody I knew uh, to get a copy of The Estates because it was right up my alley. Loved that game. And and that thing delivered on time, too. Yeah. Exactly when mm-hmm. they said you were going to get it, it was great. And, and that's something to be applauded as well. I know that it's really hard to do in this day and age, and this wasn't a complete from-scratch design. But still, they delivered on time, and it was a great production. Exactly what it needs to be, spot on. And I have had so many great gameplays of it this year already. So I'm going to go with Estates by Capstone Games. Yeah. All right. Good picks. So next up is our favorite expansion. Clef, do you have a favorite expansion? I, I kind of imagine there you do. There is
1: no question, 100%. And uh, there, there's no other choice here. It is Great Western Trail, rails to the north, period. Uh, it is. It changes the game just right. I mean, it gives you good new decisions but it doesn't stop the base game and how the base game was played it just is absolutely perfect on how it how it did it they they knocked it out of the park that is 100 percent the number one expansion of the year and i will argue with anybody who tries to say anything different so whatever you guys say if it's not great western trail i will not approve (laughs) richie what was your best expansion of the year
0: Uh, i can't talk much about this because chad is refusing to allow me to play this with him until he goes through it. Uh, Scythe, the rise of Finris is by far my favorite expansion. I love the great Western trail expansion, but think of, uh, cause I, I don't want to give any spoilers, but just think of Tuscany as far as how, you know, it's module and it adds a bunch of great stuff in there, except for with this, you know, with Tuscany, there were probably like three or four modules that were garbage. And that they, they, I don't even think they produced them anymore, like in the essential uh, edition of the game. Uh, but all these uh, modules are fantastic in Rise of Fenris. And you don't even have to go through the campaign if you don't want to. You can just open up the box, take out the modules that you want and play with them right away. So uh, Rise of Fenris, Chad, we just need to play that. Just, you know, you're not going to go through the campaign. Let's just get over it and we'll just play. They're, they're great. I'm telling you.
1: I, I haven't played them so I can't necessarily disapprove, but since you didn't say Great Western Trail, I disapprove. All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I I do want to get this campaign in, but uh, actually Vince is back in town and he promised me that he'll go through okay. it with me. So then hopefully we can we can really bust it out. All right, That's knock okay. it
1: out. So Chad, what is
2: your answer? Are you going to answer correctly here, or I'd like to go with Great Western Trail, but for the for the sake of for the sake of some difference, okay. Because that's what I I go with. I have all these expansions that I haven't played yet, which is Scythe and the the Whistle Stop, a full game of the Whistle Stop Rocky Mountain, and uh, I just got Adrenaline in with the the Team Rules, which Ooh, I'm really I do excited. Play that. I got in the Mother of Dragons expansion for Game of Thrones that I know you're not excited about, but it's going to make Game of Thrones play at lower player counts than six. And so anyway, excited for all those, but I haven't gotten to play them yet. So I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path. I'm going to say Skull King with the Legendary expansion because. Okay. <gasps> That, okay. that expansion that's baked in the the kraken. There is. I'm serious, you guys. There is nothing more satisfying than somebody throwing out like the Skull King and just looking like, yep, this is my, I made my bid and they throw that out there and they see and you're the last person around the table and you just throw out that Kraken <laughs> and destroy the whole <laughs> hand and everybody goes to pot. So yeah. oh, right, that Kraken that right. in, in the expansion and then the loot is harder to do but I like trying to ally with people around the table. So that's going to be my pick although you guys' pick picks were great as well
0: no that's a solid pick yeah it, i gotta i gotta agree with that, that yeah a solid pick when i heard that you know they had created an expansion for it i was like i i can't see what you could add to make that game any better but they did it so yeah,
1: for sure
2: all right so we're getting down there to our last categories uh the second to last one here is favorite small box card game slash filler sort of thing clef anything i I know that we always disagree on on the uh on the meaning of filler but i'd say you know 45 minutes or less which should open it up for us but
1: uh i'll I'll have to go Gonjon clever with that i mean i played it 37 times so i mean it's certainly a game that i loved uh was a nice thing for my wife really loved it so we got to play a lot of it with her which was great but it was still even not a bad thing when, you know, with gamers, just to pop it out real fast and play it. So I think that small box kind of thing for me, filler, I definitely think Gonjon Clever is going to be at the top of my list.
0: Yeah, it's solid. I mean, Schmidt, Spiele, I just order any of their rolling rights or card games when they pop up on Amazon.e, I just order them blind because, I mean, I have not had a, you know, a, a real stinker yet out yeah. of them. So they do a really good job. Yeah. What about you, Richie? Uh For me, I'm going to go with Mott's. So the Little Songbirds, mm-hmm. it's kind of in the same vein. Of, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but it's in the same vein of Parade, which is a, a favorite card game for uh, me and Jessica to play. And this is another one that I think it, it scales well, but it plays great at two, and that's usually what I play it at. It's a nice couples game, uh, You know, easy to teach, plays quickly, and actually has some good decisions in there for just a small card game. So uh, Pete Motts for me. I absolutely agree. I, I
2: love this game, and you introduced it to us, and I was – all over it as soon as we finished our play and uh, heavy cardboard actually did a really nice lunchtime playthrough that is is great to watch play and it's just edward and jess playing together so you can see how it's just a really charming perfect two play at two players or more more kind of couples game i had that and another one tied in my sights so you helped make the decision for me (laughs) so i'm going to go with the osprey games reproduction of reiner canizia's high society Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great pick. Yes. Yeah, we picked that up at Origins this year, and mm-hmm. oh, we started playing it right away, right at one of the meetups. It's a great little auction game, a closed auction. All the money that you're going to have is right there in your hands at the start of the game, and you are bidding on these cards to come out that are worth points or bidding on other cards that will take away your points bidding not to take those and it is just it is so fun because the the best the little tweak is the person with the least money left at the end of the game is out. They are the loser because they don't have enough money to hang in high society. So it's it's a great little twist and it really kind of ratchets up that decision making. How much do I really want to spend on this card actually and you're watching people around the table and how much they're keeping and holding on to. So really really charming game. High Society, Osprey Games, Reiner Kenitia.
0: And great art in that, that little box. Oh, love yeah. It.
2: Medusa Dollmaker is the name of the artist. And so wins points for art and best name <laughs> of the year. So, yeah, I, I love the art, too. Yeah, that's a that's a great
1: pick. That is a fun game.
2: All right. Well, we're going to round it out with our favorite gaming moment of the year. So, Clef, take us, take us into our, our last one.
1: Well, for, for me, it, it, it had to be just origins in general. It was an amazing time. You know, the three of us got to go to Origins, and it was the first well, first big con for both of you guys, so that was kind of exciting, you know, to see what you guys ex- had. You experienced it. But just everything about that weekend was just except for maybe that long 14-hour drive. But otherwise, everything else was just was great. You know, we got to meet a lot of people. We got to play a lot of great games. I mean, there was the heavy cardboard meetup where – you know, the excitement was even just getting to meet a couple of people that weren't even there for gaming, the uh, Michigan Ryan and uh Heather, Heather, Heather you know, just, all oh, just fun times that whole time. We got great food. I mean, we went to the melt and had those amazing sandwiches and, uh, don't just, forget the Oreo balls. Uh, so the, oh my God, best Oreo balls. We got to meet yep. Beth, you know, I mean yeah. that great blue peg, pink peg, brawling brothers, man versus meeple meetup that we went to. That was just a lot of fun. We Played great times up game. Um, and then uh to even uh cap it off, you know, Saturday night after we'd eaten so much food already, we go home to like, I don't know, uh food for an army from Richie's dad where yep. we had the burgers <laughs> and the brats and uh this it and was that. Like, it, it was like it was like all... a feast for Odin. They had yeah. slaughtered like yeah. a whole pig and oh, yep. my God. it was so, outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just a super fun weekend and and I, I can't wait for Origins to come around again. I, it's, yeah, so that's my favorite gaming moment is just kind of the, the weekend of Origins.
0: Nice. Yeah, solid. Again, I can't disagree with that. Uh, for me, I put down the 24-hour gaming event that we did for Extra Life. Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just being able, and I think for me, I, didn't, I only learned one game that, that night. Which was the ground floor, which I think helped me, you know, later on, just be able to play games that I knew and didn't have to sit through rules teaching. I think that would have probably killed me. That would probably, I would have fallen asleep. That would have been like falling asleep during an illusion, or what was that that game? Illusion, yeah. (laughs) So
1: I think I still won that game. (laughs) (laughs) You might have.
0: But, yeah, that was just a lot of fun, you know, meeting a lot of local listeners, getting to play with people, and, uh, you know, obviously you're doing it for a great cause as well. The 24-hour gaming event for me. Uh, Both
2: very solid. Well, I have to say... Uh, starting starting this podcast was a fun gaming moment for me this year and i wouldn't have done it you guys kind of pushed me into it i was like i don't think we can do it i don't know if i (laughs) Uh, so uh thanks for that and it has been really fun i mean from all the events you talked about because that's kind of why we we did those two events through the podcast to just man just talking to people online and getting to meet people this it's what this hobby is about and it's made us do it even more so we have gone and just because of the podcast, gamed with more people and met more people this year that we really value as friends now and listeners. I mean, all over the world, really, which is it's phenomenal to me. It makes me it makes makes me excited. Makes me feel great. So that's I mean, it may not be one moment, but it's it's yeah, been a really no, nice ride.
1: I'm no, with you there. Yeah, and gosh, I I I'm so looking forward to a full year under our you know that we're gonna have this whole new year. Just hopefully can bringing out stuff that people like to listen to and and enjoying, but nothing else about this podcast is the getting to know people and talk to people about games. And, you know, sure I took so much crap about giving Rue to one and stuff like that, but that was the fun. Yeah. But that was fun and that was enjoyable. And you know, so uh, yeah, Chad, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, yeah, everything we did. But it's,
2: this podcast has
1: really been a great moment for sure to start this thing up.
2: That ends our list. And uh, we want to say that we hope you have a great new year with friends and family and, and a great new year in gaming. Don't forget that you can enter the Dice Tray Contest by following us on Twitter at PunchBorders and then retweeting out this episode. And then you can contact us with any questions. We're... Punchboard Paradise at Gmail. We're on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise, and we have a Facebook page, Punchboard Paradise. You can go to Board Game Geek, or the BGG website, and follow our guild if you're not already. We're at three two two seven, and hop on. And we'd love to hear what your favorites of the year, both in our categories and any of your own, you want to, because like we said, this is all about getting to chat with you guys.
1: All right, everyone. So that was episode twenty two. So next episode the Punch Borders will review Thunderstone Quest. Am I reading this right?
0: <laughs> that's correct.
1: Oh boy. All right. So that's what the what's that's what the listeners asked for was us to do Thunderstone Quest. I think most of them just want to see me be tortured and playing this game. Who knows, <laughs> yes. maybe I'll like it. I don't know. We'll see. All right everybody, have a great day and a happy new year. Happy new
2: year everybody.
0: Thanks for listening.